Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 231, episode 2 of Dirt Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness. It's Tuesday, May 24th, 2022, National Scavenger Hunt Day. Mm-hmm. Go for a little go for a little national scavenger hunt. Yeah. Or or just a regular scavenger hunt around your neighborhood, you know. Yeah. Or yeah. I mean, what was the last time you did a scavenger hunt? That wasn't I feel like every scavenger hunt I did was when somebody tried to get me to go to their youth church. <laughs> and they're like, hey, we're doing a fun scavenger hunt. The last thing on the thing is the body of Christ. Or, <laughs> the last know, thing is salvation. Wow. And all of those things you searched for brought you to the cross. And what you were huh. looking for this whole time was salvation, kids. And you found them right <laughs> at the altar. There it is. Well, my name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. You fill the three and dump it in the five. The five. You fill the three again and only dump in two. In two. You dump out the five and add remaining one. You add three more and end with four. And that's how you stop the bomb by the fountain from going off in the park. Oh. And I heard three. Yep. I heard with a vengeance. Yep. With, with Zeus. Yep. Played by Sam Jackson. Yep. Uh, shout out to Schweitz A uh, on Twitter for that AK to the tune of 
the Die Hard Three score, as they pointed out, which is <laughs> which is the ants go marching for some reason. Yeah, is like kind of the central theme of that movie, and for uh, you know memorializing the scene with the water riddle thing that turns yep. out to be just like straight up a math problem. Mm-hmm. Like usually movies have riddles where like there's a single clever answer and then like it hits you in the brain and you're like, all right, and we're moving on. But that one, yeah. that's just like that's math, math fundamentals, yep. <laughs> just grinding out an answer. <laughs> but very confounding moment. Big fun. And uh, borderline stress dream. But I'm thrilled to be joined as always by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray. Nacho fries ain't justified. We're ordering bell on the daily side. Baja's blast for girls and guys. Mexi's eyes back. We won the fight. Okay, now that is wow. killing in the name of, and that's me doing Zach, because I said, I need these Rage Against the Machine AKs, and people came through with them. And yes, Mexi's is back. The Mexican pizza has, has returneth just like Jesus, okay? Mm. I hate to keep having this theme come back up. But it's coming back around again. This I mean, let's be honest. This belt. is a long audition for the Mexican pizza. Right. Exactly. I heard there was a Rage Against the Machine section that Dolly Parton <laughs> was considering, and I was hoping to put. Look, I could. I'll play the like the Tim Two K bass lines. Like I could do that. I'll I'll play my there part in the back. Yeah. I love that for you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. The Mexican pizza musical AKs have been a highlight for me of doing this show, of knowing you, of my life. (laughs) Uh, Anyways, Miles, we are thrilled to be joined in our third seat by a brilliant stand-up comedian who you've seen on MTV, Comedy Central, NBC, True TV, E, Fuse, and Quibi. If you've just been alive, for the not living under a rock since Quibi launched and the world wobbled on its axis. She's the host of one of my new favorite podcasts, uh, our sister podcast, Dear Owen Wilson, in which she brings on a comedian to read a note to their childhood or not childhood necessarily, but just celebrity obsession based on her letter to Owen Wilson from when she was a kid. She's one of your favorites, one of yeah. our favorites. Yeah. It's Blair Saki. Hey, Blair. Oh, my God. What up, the <laughs> Daily Zeitgeist? <laughs> Zach, back like God, you what an intro. That brought a tear to my eye. Thank you. It's so, it feels so good to be back, like just getting in a warm jacuzzi. Blair was aggressively yawning during the whole intro, I have to say. Not close, not even one yawn. (laughs) No fucking way. Pretending to sleep. No. What's new, Blair? Oh, God, it's so good to be back for my soul feels revived, feels reinvigorated back with Mm -hmm. my guys. Everything's been pretty good, you know. I feel like we're just barraged every day, especially if you are an internet user with all of the horrors of being alive, but in my personal life, you know, I really can't complain. Okay. I mean, I like that. How's the, how's the podcast been? Has it been everything you hoped and more? I know you were doing it for a long, a long time as a live show. Oh yeah. You know, I always wondered uh, when I originally thought of the idea, I thought of it as a podcast and I just didn't do it. And I became a live show and now it's been really fun. We have three episodes out, but I've had so much fun. Most of the people that have been on have done the live show. And it's so it's exciting that they're excited because they already know sort of what they're in for. Right. Yeah. (laughs) It's uh, 
it's very it's a great premise great it's a great show it's so fun that we are and other guests don't get any ideas but we are going to devote a little section of the show to just talk celebrity obsessions today <laughs> because <laughs> got a couple yeah we we got a couple i can't i can't imagine yeah honestly you um have made this possible for me so yeah thanks for helping me with iHeartRadio cuz it's a thrill it's it's a thrill to be working with you. And Woo! all right, we are going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, a couple of things we're talking about. Yes. Trump has abandoned his man in Georgia, oh. David Perdue. Like clockwork. <laughs> <laughs> on the grounds of him uh, no longer being a viable candidate, uh, Trump was like, I, I don't know who that is. Yeah. People keep asking me about this David Perdue guy. No clue. Not, not, not a clue. So just stop. Yeah. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about Jeff Bezos. Mm. We're going to talk about celebrity crushes, obsessions, all that, plenty more. But first, Blair, we do like to ask our guests, what is something from your search history? Okay, I'll be honest with you. And, you know, these never make me sound good. But my my last one was Florence Pugh. Because I saw her frolicking in a bikini in Ibiza, a picture of her with a guy. And I was like, did she break up with 50-year-old Zach Braff? You know, Mm 24-year-old Florence Pugh. And so Mm -hmm. I really just wanted to know, but it was confirmed, no, they're still together. She was just, you know, having a day with one of her friends. Yeah. Oh, man. You and Kate Raft Raft tweeted today. They were like, yo, I just got this feeling that... Wait, what was it? It says, I woke up this morning and felt a distinct sense of knowing, a feeling, an an indescribable sensation. I think Zach Braff and Florence Pugh have broken up. Wow. So I just read that and I was like, yo, okay, something, maybe y'all are, maybe y'all are seeing something that might not be there. Yeah, it was just a picture. So it was just a question. I was, I wasn't like, oh, they broke up, but I was like, "Mm, I wonder what's going on. Maybe there's been a change, but you know, we all have these karmic contracts and some of us need to uh, go through the experience of dating a man twice our age. And, you know, I support her, whatever (laughs) she needs to do. Shout out. Yeah, man. If I had, you know, if I had to deal with rumors of infidelity or my marriage ending every time I was frolicking on a beach with a friend in Ibiza, like that would mm-hmm. be tough. It would <laughs> be hard I for would me, not be able to family. deal with that. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, just let me frolic in Ibiza. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Please. Just doing me. Well, that's cool. What what what's something you think is overrated? Guys. I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to say it. You know what's overrated? And I hope you guys are all listening to me out there. (laughs) All you way too vocal eating ass people. Okay? That's what's overrated. (laughs) This shit has become like Beanie Babies in the 90s. This is so played out all of a sudden. It's like, this is like by Felicia. Please stop talking about it. Leave something for your bedroom. I am sick. I am sick of your talk. <laughs> this guy, I, I said something about that, and he's like, oh, you can't silence me. You can't silence me. Ooh, I, was, I was like, yes, So we're talking I can. about being vocal about eating ass. Yeah, I don't care talk- if you okay. want to eat ass. Just shut the fuck up about it. Oh, my God. You don't wear your baby. you're saying, like, vocal ass eating. Like, yeah, people talk- eat loud. They're talking about oh. it all the time. And I, anytime I hear, like, people just constantly bragging about it, and it happens a lot, I think, in the stand-up co- comedy world. And I'm like, honey, you need a new premise, babe. Like, even if, <laughs> uh, like, uh, even if anyone loudly bragging about that, at first one, my, my, 
bullshit meter goes off a little bit. I'm like, I don't know if you're talking about it that much. If you're really doing it, I don't know. Sina has has that vibe of like my girl. I have a girlfriend. She just goes to a different school type of thing. Eat her ass every day, every morning. That's what, yeah. Yeah. Also, in That's a way, party. Started. So part of you is like, oh, you you think you talk like you're about that life, but you're not really about that life. How many how many ass eating posers do you think are out there? Like if you had to give a fraction of all the vocal people who are into analingus, how many of them are analingus? Like, I've never heard that before. A, for a bit. Um, I want to go like sixty percent. Sixty percent are the fun. talking about it and have never done it. Yeah, or it's just that there's some. There, it takes away the mystique of it. Like even if someone else is out there doing it and they actually are doing it, just talking about it all the time is just so. It takes like the coolness out of it. It's a try hard vibe. Wow. Mm. Eating okay. ass. How about eating up the lo- the word of our Lord and Savior Jesus Thank Christ? You. Right. I mean, save, uh, save. It it is one of those ideas that has become a meme, and I feel like I hear about it more from people who are talking about it, like old people talking about it, than <laughs> the people who are actually doing it. Is like, but that's just because I hang out with mostly like people over the age of sixty. That's just yeah, like yeah. Who I, I just, am. I'm just like, oh, it's been, o- it's overdone now. Well, yeah. I'm just, it's too much. It's too much. Right. <laughs> Maybe I'm a boomer. I'm a boomer. Well, oh, yeah, wow. but you never know. I mean, have you? Are you watching the stair, uh, the staircase? Oh, you know I HBO? am. HBO. I mean, Boomer Z ass too. Oh God, that guy's so sick. Colin Firth <laughs> is like, <laughs> I mean, because I watched ten minutes of the documentary on Netflix just because I wanted to see like the accuracy or, and I was like, oh my God, he is nailing this guy so like cellularly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> The performance is absolutely wild. It's it's like a dead-on impression, but then as you watch the show, it like reveals layers about the guy that like the documentary doesn't, but like that you're like, yeah, that's that's probably true. Like that's yeah, right. it's an it's full of just really incredible performances. One of which is the per- performance of Analingus by Colin Firth. <laughs> On his wife, who he soon. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about murders. that part. You're right. Yeah, so not it's not just the, yeah, yeah. Bo- the boomers staircase is really too. in the zeitgeist. Yeah, and you get a sense like it's a ass eating scene that also you're like, how do they come like that? Because he's a very you know strange dude who at times seems like he could be like a little bit insufferable. And she's like very straight laced, seems like just like, you know, ass kicker at at the office type. And that scene really brought together a lot for me where I was like, oh, OK, they like they have just like a wild sex life. And like, yeah. that's a Can't big part of like what? Yeah. What brought them together? By the way, know? that solidified my that like watching that show where. I'm like, okay, two staircase murders. And it also just confirmed to me that, like, no murderer believes they committed murder. I'm like, this man, it feels in my heart like he fundamentally doesn't believe that he did it. You know? Right. Mm-mm. Well, he's whispered her name a thousand times in his heart, as he confusingly said in his only statement before going into prison. But, Isn't that crazy, though? Like, you distinctly get the vibe like he doesn't believe he murdered her in his own head. 
I don't like he convinced you, so himself you believe otherwise. You're full, you're full on. He did it. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, I haven't finished the series and I haven't watched the documentary, but yes, bitch. Okay. I think yeah. I'm like, well, they show like all those lacerations on her head where they're like, this was not from, this was from being some, a weapon. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, I, I believe, I fully believe he did it and it's obvious like half the time and then the other half I'm like, but maybe. The know. kids in the whole large like blended family was like tra- very tragic to me, especially those two girls. It crushed my spirit. Oh my God. Made me really sad. What's something you think is underrated? <sighs> underrated. Oh, I one, I'm going to have to go with Peaches, like the singer. I saw mm. her at Just Like Heaven or them. I'm not sure. At Just Like Heaven this weekend and i was just amazed i was like oh this person is a fucking rock star it was incredible it was like a very inspiring performance to me also underrated my dad seeing me do stand-up comedy for the first time last weekend Mm. wow whoa how was what was that like um it was really good it was like a very heart cleansing experience for me my parents had never seen me do comedy and um, my dad, I would headline the Irvine Improv and my dad came and I brought him on stage after and I cried after. Oh, wow. you always, yeah, yeah, I feel like you and your, your I, I, I saw that other bit you posted about, you know, being raised by your dad who was a very manly man. Yeah. And how that affected you. Was he there? Was that, was that that show? Yeah, or it was did the you first time. This was last week. And you did that. And what, what was that like for him seeing you? like use your you know your experiences of being his daughter like on the stage and people be like <laughs> I, <love this> shit. <laughs> I think he liked it like um i i was way less worried about that stuff because i don't say anything mean about my family that i wouldn't say in front of right. them and right. i don't really like mean-spirited anything in general like I don't like mean things, but um, it was like just like sexual stuff, which I only have like a little. But that was I was so I was like, couldn't believe I was saying that in front of my dad. <laughs> that was like horrifying because you never like write that th- stuff thinking it's, you know, stand up yeah, comedy. You have to say that in front of your parents. <laughs> yeah, you're not meant to say those things in front of your parents, but that's love, I think. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, you know, I could look at that objectively. And I thought that analingus bit was funny. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's like analingus is overrated. Tired of it. <laughs> what um, and then like in the interaction since he's seeing seeing you do stand up, has there been? Is he offering like proposing bits like my dad does sometimes? Um, or? <laughs> I did make a very strong disclaimer after I thanked like all my childhood friends and like all my parents' friends. Um, none of them have really seen me do comedy. I've tried to keep my life separate from this whole like performing life separate from them this wow. entire time. It was like the first time I was experiencing integration between my two lives. But I said up front, I go, and I just want to say by purchasing a ticket, you have therefore agreed to never bring up anything that I say to me again. So no one, <laughs> I said, no one's allowed to approach me about anything I say. Right. Perfect. That's smart. Perfect. I love hearing those stories where people are like, I've, and my parents saw me do what I do really well for the first time. And it went well, turns out. Yeah, it was one of the best nights of my life, honestly, just because it, there had been so many years like of just like wondering and like it was just very crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. man. Well, 
Shout out to the supportive parents <laughs> out there and to you Shout for to having bringing a it wonderful all back moment. around. Yeah. <laughs> Life is crazy. Right, right, right. <laughs> and what they they had seen your stand up like on online before, presumably, right? Yes, but never told me that they did. <laughs> so I really didn't know until one time, like we were eating steak, and my dad said something like quoted one of my or like we know Blair doesn't like her steak well done and my face just got like red hot like burned <laughs> off my face because he was like quoting an inappropriate bit of mine online and um that was the first time I read and we never talked about it again like anything so yeah I feel like from your stand-up I'm just that anecdote i feel like i have a clear idea of your dad <laughs> just a person who is constantly eating a piece of meat of one, one yes. form or another <laughs> the brad pitt of dads but yes. something yeah. like eating the uh-huh. chicken bone or something <laughs> but do you have like because you like with your family what's the thing i always feel like anybody who's a performer in comedy like your family's like you know who you get you know who you get it from right you know who you're just like. You know where you get that. You're you want to be all funny all the time. You get it from so and so. Who who do they always say that you're you get? Where do you get it from, Blair? Well, my dad says I get it from him. That he loves to say that. Of course, he is. <laughs> I would only say this behind his back. He's extremely funny, like, and like intentionally funny. He's like incredible funny. And my mom's really funny too. But like. More in this kooky, like, way where you're like, wow. <laughs> so I, so, so I would okay, say Mom. I'm definitely a mix. I yeah. would never, like, give credit to one. Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like, yeah. My, my parents would always be like, well, that ain't me. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's humility. That's nice. Yeah. yeah well, yeah, they're always like, it's your grandfather. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that makes more sense. Like, very gregarious yeah. old man. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back and talk uh, about some news and then celebrity obsessions. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. 
Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All my friends love it. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! (laughs) Download the Zigazoo app today. And we're back. And so we're heading into, it will be happening today, right? The Georgia primary primary in -hmm. Georgia. And David Perdue, the losing former senator from Georgia, is kind of stepped up to run for governor and it has not gone well no just, just as his last one didn't right like he he just well, they I were mean, like i mean they really want to vote for a republican but he's uh absolutely devoid of charisma <laughs> and uh has shitty politics you got a a wooden block carving of a senator up there and you told them to have the you know charisma of a winning candidate it's not gonna work and also you know, we talked about this all the time. David Perdue is only running against Brian Kemp because Brian Kemp wouldn't rat fuck the election in Georgia for Donald Trump. That's the only reason. And Trump was like, OK, you like that? How about this? I'm going to put a wholly undesirable candidate to run against you in the primary. OK. And sadly, David Perdue had to go up there because he's such a rubber stamp like puppet for Trump. He couldn't say any of his own ideas, for example. And, I, and we pointed out this last time. He he the one of the debates he did with Brian Kemp when they're talking about who's going to be governor of the fucking state. Uh, this was Brian Kemp's opening statement as he's talking to the voters of Georgia. First off, folks, let me be very clear tonight. The election in 2020 was rigged and stolen. OK, thank you. Now, that's your opening statement, which means to be governor. Yeah, yeah. to be governor. Just be like, I love Trump. And you know what? I think a lot of people said, well, this is interesting because you're really going to pit people's loyalty. Like if they're loyal to Trump to a T, then they should absolutely be voting for David Perdue because that's the person he's picking. But it's clear that no one gives a fuck about Trump's grievances like he does, because right now Perdue is getting smashed in the polls like by 30 points, 60 to 28 going in favor of Kemp. But Perdue, he says, don't worry, that's not that big of an L. This is what he said in response to being asked about his low polling. Quote, hell no, I'm not down 30 points. Uh, We may not win Tuesday, but I guarantee you we are not down 30 points. (laughs) That's right, because you're down 32 points. Right. Okay. 
So we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, I think the big the big takeaway here is like that what Brian Kemp could do in his capacity at governor far outweighs just Trump yelling and screaming from the sidelines like, hey, vote for this guy that I pick because Purdue or uh, Brian Kemp, you know, enacted a gas tax holiday to ease the burden on people's wallets when they go to the pumps. So and many people be like, wow, thank you, the governor of the state versus David Purdue. He also like in some real like, you know, gangster type shit started like he got Purdue's cousin, Sonny Purdue, who used to be the governor of Georgia. He's basically like trying to keep a lot of his allies from being able to back him. Right. So he got basically this dude, Sonny Purdue, essentially got him to become the chancellor of the university system of Georgia, like recently. And people were like, mm. oh, wow. So maybe you're not going to be coming out to support your cousin, David Perdue, who's running. And then also like another state representative who went, who you know, who bit the hand of Kemp. He basically gerrymandered the maps again and said, oh, yeah, you don't even have a seat anymore, homie. Good luck with that. <laughs> so he got, you know, there, there were yeah. a, there was a lot going on. But you saw the power of being in office versus merely a Trump endorsement here. People are treating this like an indict, like this is an indictment of Trump's like continued influence. It feels a little bit like a heat check, like a player in an NBA game who's like really like hit five threes in a row and then like shoots from midcourt. And it, like just to see yeah, right. <laughs> it's like a complete air mm -hmm. ball. But they're like, sorry, I just I, I thought I had like bent the rules of reality and somehow everything was going to just go in. So I don't I don't know, like, Miles, you have a better mind for this shit than me. But like, do you feel like this is a sign of, you know, his waning influence? Or, I don't know. Support? I mean, there's there is like this weird thing where, you know, there are, there there were plenty of his picks that got through primaries last week. And yeah. so in that sense, you're like, well, you know, he might not be winning them all, but he definitely wins a lot of them by by swooping in. But I think the the bigger takeaway is more of like that less than the people being still on board with Trump's 2020 grievances. I think a lot of the voters, they've moved on from that. And it's now just metastasized into being less about Trump and being more about how do we make libs cry with the most cruel fucking laws we can create. That's that's that seems to be more energizing than being like they stole the election from Trump, because now you see where all the all of the energy is going to whether 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 it's overturning Roe or these transphobic bills or don't say gay bills, whatever. That's that seems to be energizing a lot of people. And and you can tell the party knows that because that's what that's how they're chumming the waters again with that yeah. stuff. Yeah. They're not the they're, they're off that 2020 was stolen shit. They're like, nah, man, most people, I think, have accepted that L and they're like. Okay, then fuck it. It's about making a shit as fucked up as possible. But really, you know, we're just watching these like we're watching fascism parade around when they're like aggressive conservative values. It's just but they yeah, but they don't see it that way. Like it's like the same way of the murderers. Like they don't see themselves as murderers. They they think they're like it's like going back to the Middle Ages of like the Crusades. It's like when anyone is doing something in the name of. You're like, oh, you're killing people in the name of like morality or whatever. And it's like right. just politics with th this extremism that just seems to be going s just rapidly catching fire yeah. everywhere. Right. And we're we're combining like partisan politics with like toxic American ego that yeah. doesn't understand how much how like how much in the wrong direction the ego will pull you. 
And I think in this version, again, like because they can't carve out an electoral win at the moment, it's just now about looking at the, the powers that they do have. That's why you see people like this guy, Doug Mastriano, who is who won the primary for governor in Pennsylvania. This guy is a full on like this guy, like if he's governor in Pennsylvania in 2024, he will do whatever the fuck Donald Trump wants. Like, that's mm-hmm. how he got here. So we're seeing a lot of these people now who are just all in on this thing. Be like, all right, y'all get that one, because the next time we're just going to fucking shut the gates and we'll see you try and have a any kind of fair election when we have all these other people in these roles that can completely fuck up the process. I think. I think politics is so scary. Like, I honestly think there are just as many psychos as there are in stand-up comedy. I'm not kidding because, like, even if you start out with pure of heart in politics, it just seems there's no way to keep that. Like, I I don't know. It's just I feel the ego, the ego involved in these people is like they forget. They forget what they're even doing there. It's scary. It's like this... uh this like defeating they just want to like conquer you know Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it feels like the the people who last are the ones who like have a unflappable urge to power and like that is the main motivating factor which like works out in the long run because if that's the thing that you know you're adaptable as long as the only thing you care about (laughs) is power then you can just keep rat fucking and you know harming people but like finding ways to get into, get power without ever like really exposing yourself like yeah. that's the new model of like in Europe and with Trump like that's the new model of dictator is like yes. less coherence in terms of ideology and more coherence in terms of or and more just consistency in terms of they'll do anything to stay in power and they just like follow the hate because they see that as like the lifeblood that they're just gonna right. kind not, of yeah, not, not like that's like presenting a new idea to anybody or anything but it is it's when there was the old era of politics of like reagan and stuff where you didn't talk about who you voted for and everyone was just polite and republicans were polite to de- democrats and Democrats were polite to Republicans, even if things were even if you completely disagree and or hated them, like the public presentation was like of politeness or respect or some sort, not respect, but I don't know what the word is. But now it seems like presidents and stuff, especially like the Trump era and stuff, it's getting back into like that old timey, like monarchy type of thing where it's just like fight and conquer pre- present the other side is evil and must be defeated at all costs like forgetting the entire mission of you know caring for the people yeah, yeah. well i think but that's the i think that's the biggest issue is the majority of people don't enter congress with that sentiment or that feeling you know most right. people, they, they grow <laughs> up in like generational wealth and they know it's like man i i kind of need to be the governor in order to protect the family business that's kind of right. how this is going to work like i'm going to might have to get into politics so i can protect this thing or further the interests of this industry and because some people you know i think if we get the conjunction junction the schoolhouse rock version of politics we think and the people go into congress to represent their district mm-hmm. i would say maybe 5% of people who get into politics actually think that most other people, it's clear what the benefit is of being in politics. You can help your stocks. You can help other companies. You can get fast-tracked into a very lucrative field of like lobbying. 
there's so much money to be made just by being in Congress, like for a little bit that I think a lot, it's like almost like looking at how comedians look like, look at Upright Citizens Brigade, where it's like, well, shit, if I get into UCB and I get in that place, then I might get on an NBC sitcom down the road or some shit like that. Like it's, it's, it's not always seen as the be all end all to people. It's, it's just, it offers a lot of these other opportunities. And I think that's why we find ourselves in a place where like, well, we're the people that care about the people. And it's like, they're in a very small minority. Yeah, and in that's fact, scary to think about. They're constantly shouted out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, something we like to say on this podcast is democracy dies in darkness. <laughs> we say that all the time. And uh, fortunately, there's a one brave, bald man shredded these days. Hey, thank holding you so a much, lantern. man. I've been working on, you know, the Peloton. Oh, the, well, yeah, of course. Bit. That's yeah. it. I, Talk to oh, you wait, who are you talking about? about? I'm talking about uh, <laughs> Jeff Bezos, oh, baby. Yeah, 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 fuck that guy. Yeah, he's. <laughs> it was it was a tough one for for billionaires last week on Twitter in particular. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Yeah. It, Elon. Oh my god, I'm having such a weird one. Elon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't want to talk about Elon much, but Jeff Bezos, he got in his Twitter bag last week because. It, this, you know, he it, it, there was a sequence of events that I think was really alarming for an oligarch, which was step one. Joe Biden had the Amazon like worker slash organizers welcomed them to the White House. And he was like, whoa, what the f- why is he talking to that person who's trying to make cut down on my bottom lines? What the fuck is this going on? And then we also had a moment where uh, Donald or not Donald Trump, Joe Biden was saying, like, you know, to be able to combat all of this rising, these rising prices and stuff. We actually need to start taxing these corporations and the wealthier people. That's how we're going to offset some of this shit, because that's what we're drawing the line to. The rising prices isn't because of me or this other shit. There's a lot of corporate greed that's affecting the higher prices. And this is a guy, again, Jeff Bezos, who avoided paying five billion dollars in taxes last year, just couldn't handle it anymore. So he started like retweeting op-eds from the Washington Post from this one. See, staff that's writer. impartial. That's just evidence right there. What do you? What? what do you? Uh, that's just yeah. Oh, my op-ed. Fed? Retweeting yeah. this op-ed. Yeah, yeah. Retweeting yeah. this op-ed from the Washington Post. What is it? They can't make that shit up. Can't make this up. Listen to this person. They basically said it's a conspiracy theory. And that corporate greed is somehow influencing rising costs. And it's actually those COVID stimulus checks for the poor people that is causing the rising costs. Let's not slip that up. And again, a lot of people point to the fact that the Economic Policy Institute has plenty of data that says over half of the price increases in this country over the last couple of years can be directly attributed to larger corporate profit margins. There's no like, Oh, what do we do, bro? It's COVID. We're a multinational corporation. Like, help us by, you know, going along with these higher prices and not saying anything. So it's I think what the real problem here is that we have Jeff Bezos, who, you know, for someone who's like complaining about government spending, none of none of these op eds he's retweeting talk about the fact that he's right now begging Congress for a massive corporate tax break and also got like a $10 billion federal contract and is also lobbying for more space projects from the federal government. It's like, well, okay. So, you know, when you know, when you can accept some money from the government and then other times when they're saying things like your greed is contributing to these massive price hikes, then it's a problem. Hmm. Interesting. And we do have, like, we've played audio from, you know, like earnings calls 
from the people who run big corporations being like, yeah, so we like raised prices and people paid them. <laughs> and so that's like giving us more money, <laughs> which is fucking so dope. That's so like, sick, dude. Oh my Man. God. This so is like, like, look, that's, we, that's records. We're putting up records. Dude. And like, smoked, this is the dude. time when everybody's supposed to be like hurting. We're putting up records, dude, just by raising prices. It's fucking so dope. They're just doing it, dude. It's like, I remember like when I used to sell lemonade to my elderly grandma and I told her one cup was 10 bucks and she fucking bought like eight of them, bro. She's, she's also senile, dude. She's kind of dealing with some cognitive impairment. But dude. That's kind of where we're at. I saw dude, an opportunity. 50s, dude, yeah. exactly. That's our, like, except for the Arizona iced tea guy. Right. He's a good man. So this is all <laughs> like, you know, for, for and for years, right? Jeff Bezos and the people at the Post. And not to say that working at the Washington Post, like you're shilling for Jeff Bezos because there's plenty of great journalism that comes out of there. What the problem is here is that his insistence, right? He's like, I don't meddle in the day to day or give edicts on like what people need to be writing about or not writing about. But when you, the one of the most the richest people in the world who owns a paper and then you retweet someone's column, I'd imagine the other people who work there go, okay, so he's liking that shit, huh? huh. Mm -hmm. Okay, so he likes that when you talk spicy about raising corporate taxes and that this isn't a function of greed, that it's also, it's a fact of reckless government spending. Okay. And their bosses, their yeah. bosses see that shit too. You know, and, like maybe right. maybe as an op-ed columnist, it's pretty transparent. But the bosses who hire these op-ed columnists, they see that. They know that this person is ultimately in charge of, you know, the their continued livelihood. Right. Um, exactly. And that all that is going to have an effect, undoubtedly. And this is a thing I remember in 2015, there's this uh, that they right, right around the time he got the paper. There was uh, this anecdote that was just saying. You know, even he may not meddle, but he does check in, quote, every two weeks, Jeff Bezos holds an hour long conference call with the executives at The Washington Post. Twice a year, the managers fly to Seattle for strategy sessions with the Amazon.com founder. And every so often they find a reader complaint in their inbox forwarded without comment from Jeff at Amazon.com. Huh. We heard about this at Amazon, too, right? It sounds like a very similar. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Hands off, but hands on type of thing. And oh, it, Amazon was very hands on. I thought I thought they, oh, yeah. like there was just like people just like grown people, grown ups, just like weeping Crying. openly That's like right. in there. <laughs> like just that was that was that wasn't like a thing that happened once. That was it, the soundtrack when you worked there was like sobs from grown people who were like high powered executives at other companies and have been doing this forever. And it's just like they drive you so hard if you don't respond to an email in three minutes they're right. on your ass and noticing yeah and another quote two years later when they asked hey like wh why do you like the washington post like why was it important for you to buy it quote it is the newspaper in the capital city of the most important country in the world <laughs> the washington post has an incredible role to play in this democracy and the oh, cool. downfall of it oh yeah so i mean again this is why you know th we're at an age where so many of the you know, venues for like mass distributed information are controlled by oligarchs who, whether or not they're being overt about, it, or in this case, it's pretty overt, you know, putting their thumb on the scales to be like, and this is where the discourse should be not about talking about corporate profiteering, because that's not a problem. But I don't know how I don't know how long people will be able to avoid that. Mm. 
All right, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and talk about uh, some celebrity crushes, obsessions. Mine might be another muscular bald person. So we'll see. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. (laughs) I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All my friends love it. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. And we're back. And all right. So, Blair, the show is so good. Dear oh, Owen Wilson. thank you so much. First Dad. three episodes are up. Yeah, that means I so think. much to me. But these are incredibly talented people who you're having on who are like unreasonably obsessed with people like Justin Bieber in the case of Rosebud Baker, mm-hmm. uh, Henry Cavill for Gabrus. Mm-hmm. And... You then proceed to attack their souls in your in your cross examination <laughs> on the subject of you know their letter and their feelings for the celebrity, but the the fandom is just 
I feel like this is true for a lot of people I know that like our fandoms are like the most like basic thing about us. It's just like <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's pure. Yeah, it's so pure and it's yeah, like <laughs> Rosebud Baker being like a Justin Bieber stan is not, you know, what you would imagine? No, not yeah. at all. I know. She's so soft about him. It's very peculiar. But so this this idea came from, did you, you found an old letter you had written to Owen Wilson? No, no. So I wrote him a letter. I was not a child, by the way, which is what makes this even weirder. Uh, in 2007, <laughs> I wrote him a letter after he had that little whoopsie do, you know, mm-hmm. and I was genuinely, it was like at the height of wedding crasher fame. And I was just like in awe of him. I loved him. I was just like, there's no one like him on earth. And I was just like, oh no, I just need to know. I need him to know that he's so special and to tell him, I hope he feels better. And I was just like, how could someone this loved not feel loved or whatever, or not know how I wanted him to know how loved he was. So I mailed him a letter. Who knows whatever address I got off the internet. Yeah. So who knows if Owen he ever... Wilson at Hollywood. <laughs> received it. <laughs> um, maybe it was sent to like an agent or manager's office or something. I don't know. But, you know, it all did come full circle. I just thought later, like, you know, I see so much stand-up and I love stand-up, but I love getting to know comedians in other ways where they get to be funny, not in their act. And um, it is crazy because he does. Owen Wilson does know about the show. So I want to have oh, him on eventually. Wow. wow. <laughs> Do a bad impression. I know of, he knows because Demi Moore came and she texted him right in front of me. Whoa. Yeah. Wait, and was she like, I'm texting him now? Yes, <laughs> she showed me the text. She showed me. Oh, Demi. Wait, yeah. what was Demi Moore doing? At, wait, so how did she get involved too? She came two months in a row to the show. It was really sweet. Um, Hoping so, to hear her name? <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> she came because she and Martha Kelly were doing a movie together and like she brought the whole cast of the movie. So like all, oh, there was shit. a lot of people, fun people there. And she came right up to me, hugged me after, like was so nice. And then her daughter said, I want to be on the show. So I had her daughter, Scout, on the next month. So she came again and Scout wrote a letter to Ted Danson, which was really funny. And I really got to exercise my uh, interviewing skills because I was like, I have to get enough out of her that it's like I didn't be too soft. But I can't. But I also had to toe the line where I like want to be totally respectful because I I don't know. I do. It is a little between two ferns ish. I warn every guest. I'm like, uh, it's a wild interview process and you (laughs) will be caught off guard. You will go places. You just got to buckle up. Yeah. Damn. How and how did it end up? With Scout in tears or you? <laughs> no, she had the time of her life. She was such a pro. I did ask her, like, you know, because I do have a private detective named Lucian Wickles who d- conducts a lot of my research and mm-hmm. is responsible for all of the questions of harsher, more direct nature. And mm-hmm. me, I'm completely absolved and innocent. And so... <laughs> She, you know, he, he asked, like, uh, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? And some certain questions we got to the bottom of. Um, she was really good, though. Wow. Okay. Wait, so why? 
Owen Wilson for you? Like, what about Owen Wilson inspired your celebrity crush? You know, was it purely because you're like, this guy is a fucking comedic genius. He's on fire and he's kind of got a like a wonky look that I'm into. I love I'll be straight up. I love a fucked up nose. But also, I just think that there's something about him where he's just being himself And like he's I feel like he's just straight up being himself. And that is so that's way too a reductive of a description. But like I'm like, if you could pop that hard, if you could have that sort of mega star power just by completely being your resting self. I don't know. I think it's kind of amazing and charming. Mm. And I don't think there's anyone like him. Yeah, Mm. he was a he's a good writer. He wrote like two co-wrote two classic movies. And then was just like, I don't really need to do this anymore with Rushmore and Royal Tenenbaums, right? Yeah, yeah. And Bottle Rocket, I guess. He was nominated for an Oscar or won an Oscar. Damn. Yeah, I should know Jack, that. Jack, who is, who, is, who is your, well, what celebrity are you, are you obsessed with? So you mentioned, like, sexual, athlete, musician, <laughs> all of mine are in one. Oh, and that wow. is... Bruce Willis, one of my favorite musicians, one of my favorite athletes. No, I just, I picked Bruce Willis because I, it's the only person who I considered a movie genre unto themselves. Like Bruce Willis movies was my favorite movie genre from like the age of eight to like 13. He, Die Hard was my favorite movie from the time I saw it at like eight years old until like Pulp Fiction and then 12 Monkeys after that. It was always a Bruce Willis movie. And like, I don't really know why like that is. He's got star power, Jack. I I even liked Hudson Hawk, bro. Were you, I mean, aside from consuming all the work, did did you like get interested outside of that? Like you're like, oh, his favorite thing is this. He came from Okay. Did you ever get into any, were you ever interested in anybody to that extent? The one thing I knew, I knew about him was that like, he didn't want to be like, he, he didn't want to be an actor. He wanted to be a blue, a famous like blues musician, Yeah, like John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd before him. He like, he was like, I want to just be like a famous blues singer and dancer, but that's not a thing. So like being a famous <laughs> like blues harmonica singer, like uh, at least not on the level of fame that I think he was striving for. So he saw John Popper in Blues Travel and he's like, right. Could I, <laughs> <laughs> right. I did this acting shit. <laughs> like John Popper was like one of the world's best harmonica players. Bruce Willis was just trying to like make a voice like that. And, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did not. My fandom did not follow through to Bruno his nom de plume in the in the uh, music world. Yeah. But yeah. He has an inherent masculinity though that is like, you yeah. know, unmatched. Yeah, I think there's like something about him that reminds me of my dad that I was just realizing today, like as I was it's like, oh, I probably like have like some dad stuff tied in there. Yeah. Like that's right. mainly why like I was like curious. I was like cuz there's not like other beyond star power, which a lot of people have, like the fact that he would have been the star of like my three favorite movies for like the time when of my life when I was falling in love with movies is always like I never really stopped and like looked at it. But right. yeah, I'm sure there's some dead shit going on there. <laughs> mm, okay. How about you, Miles? I feel like you've got you've got answers for days here. 
I, like that's what I said. I, it could be athlete, <laughs> sexual awakening, or musician. Give the top um, three. Uh, sexual awakening, Tyra Banks. Uh-huh. Obsessed with Tyra Banks. Oh my god, she I was remember, like incredible. It's... Between like when she was on Fresh Prince, and then when she was in Higher Learning, and all these other things, I was like, oh my god, I love Tyra Banks. And I remember my dad, he was doing a, he was shooting like a, a magazine cover or something. He was, he was doing a photo shoot with her and I begged him to miss school so I could see, so I could see Tyra Banks in person. <laughs> and he was like, no fool. It's like in the middle of your school day. Like, Hilarious. what am I going to, what am no, I going to tell fool. your teachers? Like, Hey man, he needs to miss class. Cause he needs to go thirst after Tyra Banks. Like, no, nah. yeah. but he did like you know there wasn't really video back then, but he got me like a uh, he he had her sign a picture for me. I took that sh- I had that shit in my binder. <gasps> you know what I mean, yes. like the see through binders, and you could put pictures in it. I was like, and Tyra Banks signed that to me, and she put a heart over the eye in Miles. Okay, self esteem through the roof. My sexual He's- awakening was Paul Abdul, nineteen eighty eight. Okay, uh, yeah, dancing with that cat. These are good <laughs> yeah. choices, honestly. These are really good choices. That cold hearted snake video was foundational. <laughs> She could move, babe. Oh, yeah. 100%. (laughs) And then, like, musician. Oh, I love Pharrell because Pharrell was, like, this light-skinned dude who people thought was Asian. So as me being, like, a half-black, half-Asian person, I never really, like, Tiger Woods was kind of it. But then, Mm -hmm. like, there was this cool guy, Pharrell. People were like, you kind of remind me of Pharrell. I'm like, okay, that might be a little reductive, but I'll take it. And (laughs) because I I was a musician, too. And he started in marching band like I did. And I also liked making beats. I was like, this guy's giving me a fucking roadmap for the fucking future. And all his beats are fire. And I basically, I mean, I, I to this day, I know so much about the Neptunes um, and their Pharrell's so production. cool. I love Pharrell. What does that say about us? You know, what do you think about uh, me being a, a Tyra and him being a Paula Abdul? What would you what, what would you gather from that, Blair? I'd say I know two guys with incredible taste is all Thank I you. all I see. <laughs> yeah, oh my god. Oh my god. I I remember seeing Tyra Banks in like the Victoria's Secret catalogs that came to my house like for my mom or whatever. Mm. And I would just be like, "Oh god, how could someone <laughs> be so beautiful?" Like I would she I was like she's like she's so beautiful it like hurts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. no and I think that felt like that, despite me being a pubescent child. I was just like, "This is how could someone look like this?" I'm I like, know this is the be all I mean, end all. It's like a freak of na- like you know, like Megan Fox. You're like, okay, how is that real? You know, okay, it's like right. really. Uh, what? Okay, fine. You weren't alive no, in no, 2008. I'm, just, I'm saying that's my reaction <laughs> <laughs> to Megan <laughs> Fox. Oh is, yeah. Oh yeah. really? Uh, this is bullshit. This this is too. Paula Abdul forever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Paula Abdul, incredible, like one of the best dancers of all time. Amazing catalog, amazing. Who was Mm. the athlete you were obsessed with, Blair? An athlete for me when I was young or? When you were young. Yeah, or like a seminal, foundational athlete obsession that you had. I mean, like, I loved volleyball players, obviously. I wanted to be a professional beach volleyball player, so I loved, like, Holly McPeak and... Missy, Missy and you know all these people that probably no one on earth has ever heard of. Uh, Douglas, <laughs> I love like I love Serena Williams. Uh, I still love Serena Williams to this day. I'm like, oh my god, she's a bad bitch, and like she has this husband too. When I think about this all the time, she has a husband who I literally just w- does 
would do anything on earth for her like just thinks the like sunsets and rises with her it's incredible um that has nothing to do with her sports but she deserves it all um and then men i like so many weird like when i was young i loved all the little guys like little guys in big player sports like i loved Lexi steve Bokes. nash i thought he was incredible <laughs> was that because yeah. you were like a a smaller yes. player amongst the super tall like middle blockers of your yes, volleyball of team? Course. Right, right, of course, right, of course. Like I love seeing like any little guy, like you know Reggie Bush or uh, Maurice. What's his name? Drew? Is it Miles? Yep, MD twenty. I love like tiny little running backs and point guards. Right. Yeah. yeah. I was a little weird. I liked a, a guy by the name of Michael Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay hipster yeah. oh my god hipster jack oh god i was into him before the championships yeah like that's how that's how into it i was that's not even true i was into him like the season they won the championship i was oh, into man. it when he was only on vinyl yeah that's when he was cool i was into it right. when like he was listening to those uh songs on headphones and <laughs> with exactly. a uh, umbrella do you know that picture Anyways, I don't know if you were if you remember that one Animal Collective tour where he was like opening for them and like people like who is this guy? And I was like, he's next, dude. He's next. Right. But people yeah. just want to forget about that. Yeah, but other young, I think like my main ones too were like Gwen Stefani and TLC, because you know when you're in middle school is when you're in that deep and high school probably too. But like middle school, you're really into that deep like fandom where you can like yeah you just put these people on giant pedestals you know right yeah and deck yeah. out your locker and binder with it so mine was wu-tang clan tyra banks and probably eddie jones or nick van x <laughs> eddie <laughs> jones wow yes. Yeah, yeah. Deep cut. You know, back then i was like oh eddie please give me life but yeah it's yeah. It's, it's always uh, it's interesting again like you're saying like you can I think in a way, instantly you can find common ground with people and be like, wow, you were into that? Like, that's the, that's, that was your celebrity obsession? And I already <laughs> feel like I'm, I'm knowing you better. Miles, have you ever like dug deep and like reached out to a celebrity or like seen a celebrity and done, like, I remember when I was seven years old, I saw uh, Howard Johnson, the baseball player, the Mets yeah. baseball player. Right. And I was like, I just remember going up to him and being like, hey, man, I'll, I'm such a huge fan. And he was he, like, I could tell he didn't believe me, which is true <laughs> because I like wasn't. I didn't even like the Mets. That's but like, wow. I was, like wanted him to think that I liked him. And yeah, he was kind of a dick considering that I was seven. Oh, but shit. I didn't think that at the time. I was just like, I should just be true to myself. I shouldn't tell these Mets players that I like them. Fucking <laughs> Howard Johnson. Guy's a hack. It's confusing in this business when to say something. At this point, sometimes when I meet someone like I've loved a long time, like I really have to feel the vibe where I'm like, if we connect first or something and then it just comes out and it's authentic. But then otherwise, I feel like, you know, these people are always getting this shit. But then at the same time, what I like about this is that no matter how famous you are or who you are, like everyone's a fan of someone, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 I. Man, the time, it's funny. The, one time I did a thing like you, Jack, where I, I just, because the person was so famous, I was like, fuck, I don't know what else to say to them aside from I'm a big fan, was when I met the wrestler Kane. <gasps> um, when I, uh, when, <laughs> but I was really waiting to meet The Rock. 
but Kane came out and I was like, <laughs> oh man, big fan, big fan. And he's like, thanks. And he didn't have his mask on. Everyone's like, oh my God, Kane doesn't have his mask on. And he's like, very normal looking guy. But really, I was like, man, get the, where's the fucking rock, bro? Like, get, uh, get Kane, him out here. Kane, could you please step aside? I, uh... Yeah. <laughs> And you then, just practiced your like vulnerable, like <laughs> I'm your biggest fan. I'm your biggest fan, Dwayne. He's like, I'm Kane. I'm like, yeah, I mean Quain, Kane. Quain, the Rock Johnson. Uh, what am I doing? Uh, but the other time, uh, there's this band called War Paint that I really like. And they, I was, when I used to work at concerts, I remember I was working in a bar at this concert. It was a Portishead concert. And the whole group War Paint was there to see Portishead, but they were all together like as one. And I was like, Oh my God, they're like right here. And I was like managing the bar at the time. I was like, the drinks are on me. And I was like, I'm a really huge fan of y'all. And they thought I was bullshitting because I was like just some dude like working in this bar and they thought I was foolish. And I was like, no, I seriously like, I started like them like undertoes, like one of my favorite tracks. I'm like, oh, they're like, thank you so much. And it was wholly unsatisfying for me because they looked at me like, who the fuck is this person? And yeah, so I've yeah, that sucks. It sucks. Mixed when, reaction. It sucks when you put yourself out there like that, especially if it was coming from your heart. Damn, Miles, I'm sorry <laughs> about that. No, it's all good. I've I've healed from it. I've healed. Okay. From it, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, I've I've healed from it. Yeah. It I is have. a lesson in expecting, not expecting things back. Like sometimes I have to really check myself. I'm like, why am I saying this? Is it because I want them to? I'm expressing love right now, or is it because I'm intending to get something back, and I don't want to do it to expect yeah. to get anything back? It right. I like the other time when I when I used to work in radio and I would meet rappers that I really liked. I would say like the deepest cut thing about them that I knew to try and establish my fan cred like off rip because I didn't want to be like, hey, man, respect. I really like what you do. I like met Ludacris. I'm like, there's two versions of Southern Hospitality. <laughs> one of the instrumentals clearly has a different bass drum than the some ones you heard on the radio. Why is that? And he's like, what? <laughs> and I was like, never mind. Uh, that is go not here, the way to go. <laughs> yeah, I was like, fuck, man. I Just fucked like- that up. <laughs> That's hey, so here's funny. something that I noticed that you might not even know about your own work. Uh, yeah. So what's up? We're, we're but then he was now, like, right? no, he's like, yeah, he's like, Pharrell had two versions, and then we both decided we liked the other one better. And I was like, oh, mm. thank you. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Yeah, but then his security was like, man, get this fucking dude out of here. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I love you. Please, Luda. <laughs> All right. Well, the show is Dear Owen Wilson. Everybody needs to go check it out. Yeah. Blair, as always, such a pleasure having you talking to you where can people find you follow you and all that good stuff oh my god i just want to thank you for having me on we're going into like i don't know year three or four of this of me being a guest and it's just always such a pleasure and a joy every time always a delight (laughs) you can follow me at blair saki on twitter and instagram and if any of you are interested i have a breathwork class online class this coming thursday would love to have you there. And also, I'm doing an hour on June 6th uh, stand-up comedy at the Elysian Theater in L.A. with Carmen Christopher and uh, Greta Tidelman, if you want to come. Damn. Yeah. Love Greta. Love breath work. What, do you, what, what, what kind of breath work are we doing? What, do you, what you got going on? It's well, not if you have bad breath, Jack. Oh. <laughs> you can come if you have bad breath because it's just online. It will probably be good for it. Could yeah. probably expel some demons. It. 
No, <laughs> what breathwork is, is a physical active meditation. So a lot of times people, when they think of meditation, they're trying to silence their thoughts. And if they're not a regular meditator, it becomes really frustrating experience. But with breathwork, it's very physical breathing technique. So you're so in your body, you're sort of not even focused on your thoughts. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people can access a lot of things deeper and be in their body in a way that they wouldn't nice. be able to otherwise. And is there a tweet or some of the work of social media you've been enjoying? Oh, my God, you guys. I laughed so hard at this tweet. I, I searched all over the Internet for it this morning. I couldn't find it. But um, someone tweeted a picture of Michael Richards and said uh, uh, during his Laugh Factory, like famous episode that got him canceled and said, oh, crazy opener for Mulaney. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Mulaney, crazy, the craziest opener at the Mulaney show. And it made me laugh so oh, hard. Shit. But I forget who tweeted it. It was hilarious. <laughs> God, it made me laugh hard. Mm. Miles, where can people find you? What is the tweet oh, you've been shit. enjoying? <laughs> As a reference, what didn't Chappelle open for <laughs> Mulaney? Yeah, in Ohio. And, like, started dropping, like, Oh, it's, uh, it was from at, at a single father tweeted that. It just said, uh, I'm at a John Mulaney show <laughs> and the opener is kind of out of pocket. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I literally oh, laughed dude. out loud when I saw that. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay, my back. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Miles of Gray. Uh, also, check out the basketball podcast. Miles and Jack got mad boosies. We're speaking of fans meeting their favorite people. What we got to speak with Robert Ory last week <gasps> of the Lakers Big Shot Bob. And you can hear it in our voices. The excitement is through the roof. It's also um, like the person I was is just like the best possible guest for that show because like it's all about the show is all about people doing like otherworldly things that like you can't really explain and like the fact that he was just always there hitting huge shots and right. just it's it's and we're just like it's so you do interesting that? to talk to him <laughs> yeah but like that's basically like I, i've always wondered like wait what how how is how is he possible right and he turns out to be like one of the nicest people so it's mm -hmm. a great episode go check it out that's so cool. Let's see. Let's see some tweets that I like. Uh, also, 420 Day Fiance. Check that one out, too, with Sophia Alexander. First one is from Molly Lambert, at Molly Lambert, tweeted, We want grandchildren. Sorry. Hope you like podcasts. It's uh, <laughs> <laughs> very great. At Basu B tweeted, Drinks Dr. Pepper. Mm, barbecue Sprite. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> yes. Thank you. You put it all together for me. And then at Kinky Bandit tweeted, Dasani water tastes like it's been sitting in a water gun. Hey, that's my favorite bottled water, by the way. I know, which is wild. No, I'm it like, can't that be, Jack. It is. No, it can't be, I don't Jack. know why. It's no, just always like tasted. Water is drinking out of a water gun. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's always tasted like water to me for some reason. So I just like wow. that. I've always just like had that, like a cold Dasani for I. I, there must be something wrong with me. I there there it doesn't make any sense. You're a masochist, Jack. Yeah, yeah. I'm a sick fuck. I mean, I told <laughs> you, I, into Jordan and Dasani bottled water. I get him out of here. Get him out of here. But it is I, I, the genius of that tweet though is just taking the sensation that everyone knows, which is who among us when the, your first water gun to go. What if I just started <laughs> drinking shit out of here? Yeah, I just and then you're like, oh, what the fuck is all this plastic and shit? Some tweets I've been enjoying. 
Tim Barnes, this is just a good point. Ironically, COVID would be a better name for Zoom. <laughs> I also really like the barbecue Dr. Pepper or uh, barbecue Sprite. I also liked this from Hideo Noho. Oh. Just tweeted, yes, today, Satan. <laughs> I feel like I hadn't heard yeah. anyone say that. But That's sometimes funny. it is it is time to just say just yes embrace. to Satan. Thank you. And by the way, Hideo Noho is at Miles of Gray. Oh, shit. Honor. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. You, should check, you should check him out. Yeah, there's an interesting thing about that tweet, actually, if I could just take a couple seconds. <laughs> yeah, could you actually dig deep? Let's do it behind the music of, yeah. the, of that uh, tweet. How much time you got? <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes, where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as a song that we think you might enjoy. I think my voice just, like, entered into a carnival or, or like a <laughs> what's that like um uh, auctioneer i think that was the yes. closest my voice has ever come to be in an auctioneer anyways miles what is the song oh yeah hey we got 25 here on monday <laughs> here. Oh, yeah. Here. Yeah, hey we got a new group called soccer 96 with a new track called entanglement this is a track called entanglement from the group soccer 96 which is a oh. duo from the uk that it's like, you know, they're like one of these groups where it's very hard to put your finger on the genre, but they're clearly influenced by super interesting, like people like Damo Suzuki, like who's a front man of Can, if you know that German prog band. But this track, Entanglement, it just sounds like, I don't know, like if a Teddy Ruxpin, like you put a weird tape in it, like a funky tape in it, and it got horny and was on LSD, this is what would be coming out the Teddy Ruxpin. All right, I'm in. That's, that's how I feel. So that's this a is called Entanglement by Soccer96. And also, like in addition to being really, you know, making this a really interesting song, are they finally giving up on the name and they're like telling the rest of Europe that it's it's soccer? It's not, I don't it's know. not football. I mean, I think because they're from time. London, they're from yeah. London. It's like so ironic. that's ironic. Yeah, they know it's they know Damn. it's weird to call it soccer. Anyways, great vintage of Umbro '96. <laughs> Some of my favorite Umbros that year. Yeah. The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That is going to do it for us this morning. We're back this afternoon to tell you what is trending, and we will talk to you all then. Bye. 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 I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health. But by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. <laughs> I love that it's KidSafe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club.